is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast, hosted, as always, by Brian and Bucks. I'm Bucks here, potting from Brooklyn. Brian, you're back home in sunny California. It's good to be home, and it's good to have the FPL back in a more regular timetable. So we're here to pod on recap for Game Week 24 and look ahead to preview double Game Week 25, which is coming fast and furious starting Saturday morning. What's good, Brian? How we doing? What's good? What's good, Bucks? Feels good to be back in front of the microphone after uh, being on an away fixture in Cabo last week. So I have a few of my brain cells still remaining so we can pod today. And after 17 or 18 days away from FPL, we saw some exploding scores across the FPL landscape. So we're seeing a pretty wide variance across the standings of the FPL Blues Super League. So Tons of interesting moments across the last couple of days of midweek football. And then just a small break tomorrow and then more fixtures on Saturday. Love to see that. Absolutely. This is a fun time of the season for sure. And as we predicted on last episode, there were some really nice and healthy scores in blank game week 24. No Chelsea, no Brighton, no problem. There were still some big numbers being thrown up by FPL managers left and right, including in our mini league. And, uh, you know, we did pretty nicely. We beat the average by a healthy sum, but didn't manage that elusive green arrow, (laughs) did we? Yeah, Bucks, I would say that a lot of the managers in the FPL Blues Super League put us to shame. We both got small red arrows, but uh, let's let's jump into it. How did your wildcard two go, Bucks? I know we spent a lot of time on the last pod and offline tinkering with the team. You made a few gut calls. How'd they go? So I'm pretty happy with how my team did. Uh, There are two standouts having listened back to our previous episode. I am just going on and on, waxing poetically, singing the praises of one Jacob Ramsey as a budget fifth midfielder. He had been locked in my wildcard team all the way up to the deadline where I transferred him out and brought in Martinelli. Uh, That was a pretty brutal. Bucks. Yeah, that was a brutal swing of fortune because Ramsey ends up with a spectacular showing. He ends up with a brace and some bonus points, and Martinelli ends up getting two yellow cards for a red card, and so he's even going to miss the double game week, making matters worse. And, oh, uh, my goodness. Bucks, Bucks, is it too late to choose a new Valentine? I know we have Valentine's Day coming up in a couple of days, and it sounds like your boy Ramsey, you should have just stuck with your initial crush. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Valentine's Day, it's the right time of the year for that because I'm seeing a lot of red around my team recently. So uh, (laughs) the time is right. And with that said, I end up with 67 points from my wild card and a 9K red arrow down to about 180,000 overall. Some things I did get right in this game week was bringing in KDB and captaining him. He ends up with 11 points, a great goal and three bonus Uh, double that up for 22. I also had Bowen who got 11. I had Ramsdale who was on my bench uh, with nine. So that doesn't count, but I did have a trio of defenders get clean sheet points in Cancelo, Trent and Robertson. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, there were two big decisions that I swung and missed on in my wild card. The Robertson over Jota move uh, punished me today. Jota looked spectacular. He had a brace and ended up with 16 points, the top scorer 
in game week 24. And uh, he was nowhere to be seen in my squad, but he was featured in 40% of the rest of the FPL managers team. So uh, that was a tough pill to swallow and basically guaranteed I was going to be on a small red card. On to the next one. How'd you do, Brian? Folks, I want to at least give you some props for nailing your captaincy. KDB I'll comes take in it. I'll take for, it. for a solid 22 points and he looks great. His goal that he got was a, you know, a bit sloppy, but uh, he, he slotted at home after a rebound from Sterling. So 22 points from your captain that beats my captain for sure. Um, I end this game week on 68 points. So feeling pretty fortunate to have bested you by one single point uh, when you had a wild card. I went with Sonny Boy captained for 14 points. He scores a goal in the second half versus Southampton. So uh, happy to have him in my squad and just bring that X joy back into my life. Love nice. having Sonny on the team. And he looked really, really spry coming back from injury. I saw a number of important sprints uh, from him, putting the ball on the header for a goal that got disallowed for offsides. But his delivery looks good. He looks to be you know, full strength. So that's important for my side moving forward. My transfer this week was I had two free transfers and I moved Madison and Alonzo to Jota and Veltman for exact money. And this proved to be a great transfer net of me plus 14 points. So love to see that as well. And I'll now have uh, Jota in place heading into the future double game weeks. The only kind of unfortunate thing for me was having Martinelli starting in my side. He gets back-to-back crazy yellow card madness that results in a red card. And then Arsenal play their tails off the rest of the 20 minutes without him on the pitch. And once again, keep a clean sheet when they're down to 10 men and Ramsdale, you know, pops up with a nine pointer for manager. So uh, a bummer to have him with a red card because he's going to miss since they blank next week in game week 25, he's going to miss the first match of their double game week, which is versus Brentford. And that's the match you really wanted him for. So that's a really unfortunate spot to be in. And I don't know if I'll, what I'll do with him yet, but I was counting on him as a double game week player in game week 26. So some of that planning is unfortunately going to the wayside uh, when it comes to Martinelli. And it just seems like every week we have one of these core FPL guys pick up a red card. What's up with this streak we're on lately, Bucks? We're seeing Dennis the Menace, now Martinelli. Oh, things I do not like to see in my team. Yeah, the Martinelli one was unusual in the fact that kind of both of the yellow card offenses came on the same play. Oftentimes, referees will let the player get away with it and, you know, they'll make a tackle and then they'll maybe uh, put their body in front of a player to knock them over. So they get kind of two for one and they only earn one yellow card. But on this one, he got yellow cards for both offenses, uh, which was pretty brutal and uh, hit hard uh, on FPL managers. This reminded me of earlier in the season when Jimenez got like those back-to-back yellow cards versus City, right? And he just lost his damn mind. He lost his damn mind. And that's what happened to Martinelli today. He saw red and oh, very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. But on we go. Let's talk about the lack of frustrations we're seeing in some of the top managers in the FPL Blues Super League Bucks. We have a new queen at the top of the throne in the FPL Blues Super League. Who is it? All hail, all hail, the manager of the game week and the new top team in the FPL Blues podcast Super League is Goalmeisters. And 
Their manager, Maya Tonneson, is on an absolute tear right now. She is the co-manager of the game week with 87 points. She activated her second wild card to absolute incredible degrees. Uh, she just nailed it across the board. She had a clean sheet from every single one of her defensive players. Ramsdale and goal with nine, Cancelo with seven, Trent with six, Rabo with six. And that just allowed her to absolutely have a midfield that smashed it. She had KDB captain for 22, Jota 16, Bowen 11. And uh, she's deservedly uh, in the top spot in first place in the FPL Blues podcast. Super League, congratulations to you, Maya. Huge, huge, huge run that you are on right now. You are just getting green hours each and every game week. So we are just chasing you now. We're going to be hot on your tail as we try and catch you to get the top spot. And it's important to note this journey that Maya is on is one that, you know, any one of us can do, but she is on an absolute heater in game week 20. She was ranked 374 K overall in the world. And now within five short game weeks, she is 46 K overall in the world. So an absolutely incredible run. We've mentioned her a few times. Yeah. She's, she's had a couple of, you know, 40 point captaincies picked KDB this week and nailed her wild card. So hats off to you. And that's just, again, what we hope that our wild cards do for some of the managers who still have them remaining is that you pick the right squad, you nail a few captaincies and all of a sudden you're shooting up the ranks, but this is a 325 K overall rank, absolute explosion. So congrats to her once again. I'm not going to pretend to act like I'm not jealous because I am a little jealous because Maya did what I was hoping to do on wildcard, which is just surge up the rankings. And uh, she's well positioned, I think, for the rest of the season with uh, most of her other chips remaining. Uh, Goes without saying we should mention who else tied with Maya for the top points this game week. And that's Alec Roberts. Uh, This is his second manager of the game week award for Team Cleacho Self. And he netted 87, but he had a very different course of getting there. He had Ramsdale in goal with nine, Ben White with seven, Diosh with six, and TAA with six. And then he had midfield differential and Coutinho with 16 points next to Jota's 16 points. And he had 11 from KDB and from Jared Bowen. What makes the 87 from Alec so, so impressive is that he actually captained Emmanuel Denis for a total blank. So it's just amazing to get 87 points when you miss on your captain. So a massive golf clap to both Maya and Alec, more so to Maya, because she's uh, not only manager of the game week, but sitting in the money atop the FPL Blues podcast Super League at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Alec, maybe he made the right transfers, but just forgot to set his captain because uh, leaving it on Dennis after coming back from the red card must have been uh, quite a... punt i would say so to get 87 points is is incredible for him so well done to both of you let's move this podcast forward we're going to take a quick break and come back with some analysis of game week 23 and we're back before we dive into blank game week 24 we want to address the breaking news regarding the rescheduling of some postponed matches and specifically the lester burnley match has officially been confirmed for game week 27. And this is important because it means that Burnley will have a double game week in back-to-back game weeks in game week 26. And then again, in game week 27, 
Uh, it's worth mentioning that game week 27 is going to be a very small mini double game week. It's looking like only Burnley are going to have two matches in that game week. Uh, what do you think? They're, I mean, they're not the easiest matches to say the least, Brian. They have uh, Brighton and Tottenham in double game week 26 and then Palace and Leicester in double game week 27. Is this compelling for you? Absolutely. I think there are a few defensive assets that are very cheap that you could definitely bring into your side. And that's where I would be going. I think at this point, Nick Pope, if I was on wildcard, he would definitely be one of my keepers that I would be looking to rotate Four four matches in two game weeks is huge. And he seems to be rounding into form. He's gotten a lot of saves recently. So that could be a really interesting differential in, in the keeper position. Other than that, you know, we saw uh, Voot Veghorst get his first assist and his first FPL return had a nice spin. I think um, Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire is still spinning like a top someplace uh, and put him in a bad position. And then he put a nice little touch through ball to uh, Rodriguez, I believe who scored versus Manchester United. So he's definitely somebody you could consider at 6.5 million, but uh, I would probably lean on just grabbing one of their cheap defenders at, you know, sub 5 million price and, uh, you know, play them in your, in your starting 11. Interesting analysis. I think Cornet, if he's healthy, he's 5.9 million. He's the most appealing attacking player for Burnley. And I think now with Martinelli owners kind of needing a replacement, not just for double game week 26, but also for now, you know, they have a blank arsenal in 27. Cornette is kind of the perfect foil to bring in to uh, alleviate some of the woes you might be feeling uh, from a Martinelli red card. Yeah. And you mentioned he had a, did he just come off with a knock or was it a more serious injury? I didn't see any follow-up to that yet uh, from Ben Dinnery. Yeah. He had to come off early in his last match uh, against United. It didn't look great, but we haven't heard anything further to indicate that he might be missing significant time. He's currently not even flagged on the FPL game. So that's good news. uh, If you are in fact, have him on your watch list or on your side already. Yeah, I would definitely prefer him to Weghorst if that is an option. All right, let's move on. We want to highlight the standout players from blank game week 24 and uh, a player we've already mentioned a number of times. He was for me, at least the standout performer. And that was Diego Jota. He had 16 points. He had a brace, a clean sheet, and three bonus points for 16 total points. He was a popular differential captain selection because his running mate Sala is just coming back from AFCON. And at 8.5 million and 40% owned, uh, anyone who dared to go against the Jotmeister uh, was significantly and severely punished like myself. So uh, I think he's a must have uh, if you are wild carding and if, if you have any transfer moves and any availability to bring in an additional Liverpool asset, if you have held Salah and you only have him and Trent, I think Jota is the guy uh, to kind of complete the trio. This was his second brace of the season came at a very opportunistic time for me since I brought him in. I am a little bit concerned about how, we see Klopp rotate with Champions League coming up as well, especially with some easier fixtures in the Premier League. So it will be interesting when Mane and Salah, Jota, Firmino, and then also uh, Diaz, who looked pretty impressive today in his starting debut. Oh, so, he looked uh, that, great, that is, actually. 
he looked great. He was unlucky to not have a, at least a goal, uh, from Sala, but uh, I thought he looked really bright and promising. And uh, that was a great way to uh, make a strong debut and uh, ingratiate yourself to the Anfield crowd. That was, he was impressive. Yeah. He was very strong with the ball too. A few times defenders came at him trying to tackle and poke the ball away and he uh, demonstrated his strength. So that was pretty impressive. And he really seems like the ideal replacement for Mane if they do not bring him back to Anfield for the upcoming seasons when his contract is up. So looks like another, like you said before, a great piece of business by Klopp and the Liverpool brass. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Philip Coutinho. He makes the shortlist again, 16 points, one goal, two assists and three bonus. Uh, Coutinho is just looking like an absolute diamond in the rough get for Steven Gerrard and Villa in the transfer market for 7.1 million in the FPL game and 13% owned. This is his second haul uh, since being in the Premier League, which has only covered four game weeks. So uh, very impressive. And he's making instant impacts on uh, the FPL game for sure. So Coutinho comes off at the latter part of this match, but it seems like it was just fatigue related. He's still building up his fitness, but he's obviously a, a classy magician and he's helping pull the strings in this Villa side. And ultimately, we didn't see much defense played in this match versus Leeds, so he found himself in a lot of space and was a great en- enabler to get Ramsey up the pitch. And that's a player, Bucks, uh, who scores 14 points this game week. He gets a brace and two bonus points, 4.7 million pounds and 4% owned. I know this was a guy that you were eyeing on your wild card, and he he now has three double-digit hauls in his last six matches. So. Very, very impressive stuff from the youngster at Villa Park. I think Ramsey and Coutinho are the perfect examples of players who don't have double game weeks. So you might be overlooking them. And by we, I mean myself, as well as other FPL managers, because they are just doing absolute bits with the matches that they have in front of them. And when they are on the pitch, they are just playing wonderfully. I mean, Ramsey and Coutinho have had almost an instant connection since Coutinho joined the club. And very interesting because it's kind of a very senior player and a very new uh, young player with a lot of promise. And they're they're kind of linking up as if they were, uh, you know, training in the same uh, in the same in the same grounds um, in the youth movement. So pretty impressive from Villa. And I love that pairing. I think uh, one of those players will probably be in most FPL teams by the end of the season. And taking a look elsewhere on that Villa side, Bucks, I know you and I both opted for Ollie Watkins, who blanks yet again. He's been in my side for like five weeks and he's got nothing but zeros and two pointers, unfortunately. He does a really great job for the team right now in real life because he's making those runs that are opening and freeing up the space for Ramsey to slide into on the counterattack and things of that nature. But from a FPL perspective, he is not going to be long for my side. I don't think even though they have easier fixtures coming up, um, you know, not a priority, but I kind of wish I had somebody else in his position, given that the FPL points are coming from Coutinho, Buendia and Ramsey. That's an interesting take. I actually watched a little bit of this match and then caught the highlights. I think Watkins is getting into good positions. He's definitely, he's a runner and he's a worker. And so 
you know, Ramsey just brings a little bit more pace than Watkins. And I think we saw that on the counterattack. Watkins would control the ball, offload it to Coutinho. Coutinho would then be the one that passed it to Ramsey for the goal. So he was always, you know, half a pass or one pass away. But uh, I think he's still, Villa and Watkins still have a lot of upside and much to prove remaining in the season. Uh, before we move to the floppers, we do want to just highlight three players who each earned 11 points. Um, James Ward-Prowse, he had two assists and three bonus in at come from behind win for Southampton against Spurs. He's 6.4 million and 4% owned. I think he could be a really interesting watchless player. And then KDB and Jared Bowen, both these guys are just on a total tear. They're an absolute wrecking ball form. They both end up with the game-winning goal, clean sheet, and three bonus points. And, uh, you know, you can't go wrong. I think you could captain KDB or Jared Bowen pretty much in any match uh, at this point going forward and feel pretty secure that you have one of the best options uh, with the armband each and every game week. Yeah, plus both of them are on some set pieces as well, some corners. So it just adds so many appealing ways that they can get you FPL points. Now, let's talk about the lack of FPL points from some of the teams that flopped this week. And let's start with Everton. After they put up four goals in the FA Cup match, they lose 3-1 to one versus Newcastle. And this new regime under Skinny Frank, Fat Frank, Regular Frank, however Bucks wants to address him as, it looked terrible. What are your thoughts on this debut in the Premier League? Yeah, so in this match, he was more frustrated, Frank, than anything else. He uh, was... Ah, good call, good call. He's very animated on the sideline. And that's I kind of respect that he plays... Excuse me, he manages the same way he plays. He's just very emotional, very hard on his sleeve. That could be tough as a kind of new manager coming in. And normally, as fans, or definitely Everton faithful, we're hoping for the new manager bounce. And they absolutely had more of a new manager splat uh, Van de Beek, he looked terrible. Um, and the Everton side just played really uninspired. And I think really concerning here is just how low energy they were and how little fight they really had. Once they went down against Newcastle, there was no way they were coming back. They were just, they were a beaten and defeated side. So that's really concerning for Everton uh, as they are potentially going to be dragged into a relegation battle before the end of the season. When I look at this Everton team, they have a couple decent names in midfield and in their attack, but their defensive shell is meaningless. They have some really poor bottom of the barrel defenders across their back line. And I would definitely be looking at any matchup versus Everton for the rest of the season as a nice green um, FDR type of fixture. So I, that's, that, that's definitely a, a, a captaincy shout waiting to happen. Agreed. And we should just highlight there was a kind of first time for everything that happened in this match. And that was a really unique occurrence where Mason Holgate assisted on LaSalle's own goal for Everton's first contribution to the match. And then less than two minutes later, LaSalle's assists on a Mason Holgate own goal. I don't think we'll ever see this again uh, from the two same players, both having assists on the own goals uh, in such a short time frame. Uh, it was kind of a you know perfect storm, lightning strike situation uh, that we witnessed in the Everton-Newcastle game. Just also wanted to note in that match, we saw some of their 
Newcastle assets that came into the side. Trippier gets his first free kick goal of the season. He looked very um, attacking in the side. And then even though he didn't get any FPL points, St. Max looked absolutely incredible. He was just sprinting past people with or without the ball. He put in one of the um, the balls leading to one of their, their second goal. And ultimately, he's, he's a player that I want Newcastle to stay up just so that he stays in the Premier League and we get to continue to watch him grow as a player. And they seem to have pushed the right buttons with some of those transfers. And they really didn't, you know, they spent $113 million, but they didn't bring in any massive, massive name. And their new signing, Bruno, uh, just came in in the 89th minute. So he didn't even play in this one, just got the standing O welcome invitation type of applause. So it'll be interesting to see this team continues to go with on an upward trajectory while we see Everton falling further. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's, there's another couple chapters that remain to be written uh, in the relegation battle for certain a couple more. We want to shout out Spurs defense. Oh my God, they look terrible. Uh, allowing three, they let Saints Southampton come from behind twice to steal the win. And they only have four clean sheets under Antonio Conte. And I know there was a lot of excitement and rave and review about Reggion and how he's going to make an instant impact now that he's in Conte's wingback system. And Reggion has disappointed, but so has all of the Spurs defense. Their only clean sheets are against Brentford, Norwich, Crystal Palace and Watford. So absolute yuck. And they've just, they've been gashed in the last three games. They've allowed seven goals total in the last three games. So uh, probably a clear stay away with the double against Man City coming very soon. Yeah, it was a tough match for Spurs. They were playing in the pouring rain. They went up 2-1 after a goal by Sun, and then they let two headers go past their back line. And I would kind of attribute that to not having Eric Dyer in their side for this one he's usually a little bit more of an enforcer type and can can actually clear the ball with his head so i think that that definitely led into problems there but overall yeah spurs defense nothing to write home about Regian blew a great chance that kane set up and i feel bad for anybody who captained kane earlier in this game week because he played a perfect ball and Regian just shot it right at fraser forster Granted, he's a behemoth of a human being, like six foot six, like 250 pounds. He's a, he's a beast, but he could have slotted left, slotted right, and instead just shot it right to his chest. So that was a pretty frustrating moment for Spurs fans, especially since they ended up dropping points in that match. You shout out Dyer as the solution, but really we should credit those were two inch perfect deliveries from James Ward-Prowse. And I think the reality is, is that Hoiberg and some of the midfielders really weren't doing their job tracking back and covering that open space from just outside and left of the box where Ward-Prowse was able to just kind of run up and swing as if it was a free set piece or a free kick and delivered it just straight to the head of Al Yanisi and then Che Adams uh, for the equalizer and then the game winner. So boo, boo, boo on Spurs. Uh, real quick, let's go through Hudson Edward. He is the top transfer in in the FPL game brought in by 400,000 managers including myself only to be benched for a cameo one-pointer against Norwich Ronaldo CR7 also has a cameo appearance comes on for a one-pointer 
And lastly, Mo Salah. Uh, he doesn't get the start, but he does get to play and looked really threatening. He comes on for 30 minutes, close to getting a brace, I think. Uh, but he ends up with one point. So those are all disappointing, to say the least. I think on a optimist perspective, you are confident, more confident now that the three of them will all be playing in the double game week and starting both those matches based on getting a rest so close to the double. I hope your optimism stays true, Bucks. I have Cristiano Ronaldo in my team, and I very much want to rip him out and kick him to the curb. But Salah, it was funny because Salah looked like on the bench, he was very drained. His face looked very tired. And then he came out on the pitch at about the 60-minute mark and looked absolutely insane. He, felt, he looked ferocious. He felt, the, ferocious. he felt the presence of his other Liverpool teammates who they train so much and play so many key matches and just the instant chemistry that they have compared to watching him play with the Egyptian national team where there's only a few you know, top big uh, club team players in that side. And he was back to his attacking ways. He probably he got taken down for what should have probably been a penalty that he might have slotted home. So uh, I, I do feel for those players who took the gamble and brought Salah right back into their team because he could have easily had two returns in the 30 minutes he was on the pitch. So can't wait to get him back in. Will it be this week for you, Bucks? Will it be this week for me? Probably not, but 26, triple captain all the way. Can't wait for it. Same, 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 same here. All right, let's. we're going to do one new segment called Fun Nuggets of FPL before we go to our final break and discuss Ooh, our- Nuggets, Bucks, Nuggets. Are we, are we talking about marijuana nuggets? Are we talking about dino nuggets? What, what kind of nuggets are we talking about? Yeah, the delicious breaded dino chicken nuggets is what my daughter's having. And uh, I, I can't comment on the other one. That might just be reserved for, uh, for the adults only. Um, <laughs> so one This of the, is an after hours podcast, Bucks. Yeah, you know, that's you're, all right. We you're, can you're, talk off, you're off a daddy daycare right now. That's fair. It just has to start back up at, you know, 530 tomorrow morning. All right, let's get into it. The first fun nugget that I wanted to share was that currently in the FPL season, there are 17 players that have over 100 points that have triple digits. And this is really telling because it gives you more detailed understanding of who the top players have been thus far this season, not just kind of a, a pinprick in time looking at the Kings or team of the game week. So I think it's really important to understand how this team lines up so that as we go to our wild cards or set our teams up for each and every game week, we're understanding the data that exists in the periphery. So there are 17 players again. Of this 17 players, only one of them is a forward. And I think that's the most pressing and important takeaway. If you heard nothing else on this podcast, just to understand that the forwards are absolutely flopping this season. And that one forward is Mikel Antonio, he's just over 100 points, but almost 40% of his total FPL points came from the first three matches of the season. So he's really, he's <laughs> been insane. shit. He's been total shit since, uh, since you know, back when uh, school started in October, uh, September, October time, uh, he was great. But since then, he's been almost invisible. And uh, that's really telling that no other forward is even breaking triple digits. Taking a look at the midfield bucks, eight midfielders have amassed a hundred points. And I think we can all identify who those hot 
players are Mohamed Salah, Bowen, Son, Bernardo, Jota, Mount, Gallagher, and Bruno. So interesting to see that KDB has not made this list. I'm sure he'll be on it very soon. I know he missed a lot of matches earlier in the, earlier in the season, but there's so many good midfield options. So I think the ideal formation is a, a 3-5-2 the rest of the way, or even a, a 4-5-1, to be honest, given the lack of production up front. Yeah, and I think what's stand- – so KDB is right on the verge. He's, uh, I think, at 97 or 98 points overall. So he'll be there soon enough. But I think what this tells me is that because there's a mix of premium and mid-price players that are featured in this midfield category, you could easily build a really strong five midfield uh, lineup and feel confident running that out each and every game week because – you know, Bowen is affordable. Jota is affordable. Gallagher certainly affordable. So it's going to allow you to set up a midfield where you have Salah, you have Jota, you have maybe Son, Bowen, and Gallagher, and that's that's a team that you can build around if you're in fact de-emphasizing the forward line. So that's I think this is really interesting. And then it goes without saying that defense also makes up the remaining majority. There are six defenders: TAA, Cancelo, Laporte. Diaz, Rudiger, and Virgil van Dijk. Um, I mean, for me, the takeaway is that there are three city defenders and they haven't had any double game weeks. And so my sense is that this just proves what I already knew, that city are kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the teams uh, as far as defensive solidity goes this season. They have had very few injuries in that back line which also has propelled three of their players to score hundred plus points. I know that a lot of us have gone for the likes of Dean or maybe tyranny. Those are some good fullback options, but I think Laporte is getting overlooked and he should be an option in the city side as well for FPL. Agreed. Agreed. And finally, let's close it out. There were two goalkeepers, Ederson and Ramsdale. Uh, I mean, for me, saw is right on the verge. Uh, De Gea is right on the verge, but what stands out and jumps off when I see this list of 17 players is absolutely how immense Ramsdale has been this season. He is just head and shoulders above all the other goalkeepers. He didn't start. He wasn't even in the Arsenal team for the opening month of the season. He immediately came in, became the number one goalkeeper for them and transformed the way that Arsenal were winning games. They become a really stout defensive unit. And I think he's still a bargain at 5.1 million. I mean, we saw it today in their match against Wolves. He's just, he makes a lot of easy saves, saves from outside the box. And to get a clean sheet plus a couple save points pretty much guarantees your defender or excuse me, your goalkeeper is going to earn bonus points. So he's been vacuuming up those left and right. So that's my big takeaway for the top 17 point scorers thus far this season. Love those FPL nuggets. We'll be back next week with some more nuggets for our listeners. Uh, before we before we view our transfer thoughts and our captaincy shouts, Bucks, let's look ahead to double game week 25. Manchester United playing twice. They're playing Southampton and they're playing Brighton. Now, a lot of people have Ronaldo still in their teams, but maybe are missing Bruno. This is a question that I think a lot of FPL managers find themselves in because I think when we look at Ronaldo, he's amassed less than 10 points in six game weeks. Where do we go from here? Do we stay 
and stay the course and hold him in our team? Or do we take a hit to maybe bring in Bruno, who looks a bit more spry and has more avenues to points? And I think the tough one to figure out is if Bruno is going to be on pens or not. This is obviously not the most important factor, but it does it does put another arrow in Ronaldo's quiver if he does have the pens. So wanted to get your thoughts on these two top premium Manchester United attacking assets. Yeah, great question. I know you're dealing with this dilemma as is Bagdeep from our mini league. And I'm sure a number of other FPL managers are wondering what to do regarding the upcoming Man United double game week. So I had Ronaldo and I was not going to be captaining him uh, if I kept him in my wildcard team. So that ended up being the deciding factor for me to move off him and to captain. And I'm planning to captain Bruno, who I brought in in his place. Um, I think really that captaincy dilemma breaks down whether it makes sense to take any transfer move, even if it involves a hit. Because if you were going to trans, excuse me, if you were thinking of transferring Ronaldo, but right now he's the captain in your team, I probably would avoid taking a minus four hit and just trust your gut that Ronaldo is going to deliver. Maybe he doesn't play 180 minutes. Maybe he plays 150. And so he's on the field for most of the chances that there would be a penalty kick. means he'll probably end up taking them if, in fact, they get them. Uh, He is still top for shots. He's still top for chances created and kind of big chances in this Man United side. So he's clearly, you know, he's a singular type of influence around the goal. So if I had him, I would be keeping him and probably captaining him. But I understand his lack of form and the fact that he's 37 um, is definitely a major red flag. For Bruno, um, you know, I think the return of Pogba is really huge for the role that he's going to play in this Man United team. Pogba sits a little bit deeper and allows Bruno to kind of free freewheel and be more creative in the Manchester United attack. And I think that we're going to see more of that. So Bruno will probably have more chances, but I would expect that Ronaldo has fewer but higher quality chances in the double game. Yeah, I think it was tough for owners of Bruno this week, he put a great ball into the head of Varane for a, a goal that went into the back of the net. But unfortunately, once again, scapegoat Harry Maguire F something up and that goal, that goal gets reversed. So uh, I, I like I'm, I'm very bullish on Bruno as a captaincy shout this week. But I will say that when we look at the rest of the fixtures, the single game fixtures, there are some standout opportunities for captaincy shouts as well. So. Norwich play Manchester City. So KDB, once again, you know, we'll have to wait for press conferences and hopefully he will be starting again. But he seems like a great option for captaincy in that one. And then we also have Burnley versus Liverpool. Salah back in action. He could be a solid captain. He's kind of, you know, Burnley's actually his bugaboo. He's he's really had a hard time. And I think in the last like five matches, maybe has one goal versus Burnley, but I think this is just a outlier and hopefully he'll buck that trend moving forward. And then we also have West Ham versus Leicester. And although Leicester looked more solid defensively today, they still gave up two goals. And so I think Bowen right up at the top is a decent captaincy shout as well. So there are great single game captaincy shouts this week. So we don't have to rush into rage transferring uh, Manchester United assets into our side. Absolutely. And I think really the, the big takeaway right now 
is that Manchester United and Brighton both have the double game week. So most of our transfer moves should probably be aggressive to look at bringing in players from those sides. Otherwise, you need to be aware of what's coming down the pipeline. And game week 27 is potentially a blank game week for most of the top teams, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. And so those players will be blanking in 27. So you're going to be hard-pressed to bring in a player for 25 and make it back uh, if they don't have a double in 25, 26, and then blank in 27. So it's just worth mentioning as we approach our last break. And when we come back, we'll give you our transfer plans and captain selection. Time for transfer thoughts and captaincy shouts. Here we go, Bucks. We both have one free transfer. Let's start with you because I have no idea what I'm going to do yet. Where are we at after wildcarding? Typically, we tell our listeners if you can wildcard and then roll your transfer, that's one of the best maneuvers to um, to kind of practice. So what are you thinking here heading into double game week 25? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to stay true to the wisdom of the crowd. I'm going to hopefully roll my transfer. I have 0.6 million in the bank. And... I'm going to just roll and captain Bruno Fernandez in double game week 25. The Martinelli red card is really a tough look because I had planned my transfers for the next couple game weeks. And obviously him getting a red card was not in the program. Uh, so he's not going to feature in the double game week for Arsenal, which I thought was one of the better double game weeks coming in double game week 26. So not this coming match week, but the following one. And it really just means that at some point I'm going to have to take a future hit because I programmed this team to transfer, make two free transfers of KDB to Sala and Bruno to Sun uh, for double game week 26. So at some point I will have to address the Martinelli hole because I want to be aggressive and getting as many double game week players uh, to have more bites at the apple in my side. So no transfer this game week captain on Bruno. How about you? So Bucks heading into game week 26, how many double game week players would you recommend that managers have seven minimum around there, given that the teams consist of, you know, Liverpool. So a lot of people are tripled up on Liverpool. So what do you think the sweet spot is to help prepare for that huge double game week in 26? Yeah, I would say six, six to eight, you should be comfortable. Anything less, I'd probably be looking to take a hit uh, and bring in some more players. I wouldn't be panicking if you only had six. I think uh, I have the triple up on Liverpool, uh, double Palace, and uh, eight Nori and Ramsdale. So I, I have, you know, I have seven right now. I probably could bring that to eight or nine with the transfers I have planned. Uh, so I feel pretty confident with that. The only issue is, again, there's a blank game week in 27. So you just need to be mindful of your moves. Uh, you don't want to be too heavily invested in Arsenal because they don't play in 27. So you're set, you're setting yourself up for other future moves or taking a, uh, using one of your power-up chips. So I think, yeah, six to, six to eight would be where I would be targeting. Uh, ideally, you can get more, but uh, there are some good single game weeks, as you mentioned. So I wouldn't be freaking out if I had Man City players or... West Ham players that only have a single match. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So taking a look at my squad this upcoming game week, I'm going to have three double game week players. And right now those 
are Ronaldo, David De Gea, and Veltman for Brighton. So I'm sitting pretty for this game week. I'm just trying to decide what the F to do with Ronaldo. I really just want to rip him out of my team, to be honest. So I might be taking a minus four to move Ronaldo and the underperforming Foden, who blanks yet again versus in a in a you know pretty easy fixture. He gets only three points this game week. So I'm thinking about moving those two players to Bruno and then probably Edward or Veghorst, who is going to have four fixtures in two game weeks and do some double game week planning there. And then captaining Bruno. Because right now I have the captaincy armband on David De Gea because I just have zero, absolutely 0.0, just nil point nil point nil faith in Ronaldo to return more than six FPL points this upcoming game week. So I'm in a bit of a predicament. I was going to try and avoid taking some hits. Um, I still have my second wild card left. So I'm either going to wild card. Actually, I might rage wild card tomorrow and set myself up for double game week 25, or I'm going to hold my wild card all the way till game week 31. So I'm just trying to weigh up those two moments in time. I'm leaning towards you know, holding that because I've done a lot of planning and future proofing my team for the upcoming doubles and blank game week. So I don't need to, but I find myself sitting within the hundred K, but I haven't made enough movement in the last couple of weeks and have kind of just been treading water. So I, I want to pull up Maya and uh, shoot up the rankings with hitting and owning a wild card. And when I look at my team, there's a, a few holes that I would like to, um, you know, plug, but uh, definitely something I'm just going to have to spend a little more time thinking about. Brian, I can't believe you buried the lead, dropping that and teasing that you might wildcard like in the last five minutes of the podcast. I'm totally shook <laughs> right now. I don't know how to respond if I'm being perfectly honest. But if you had to, if you have to use your transfers, you're not taking a wild card. Uh, what's what's your what's your move if if you are in fact going for Bruno? What what's the plan you're going to do? Uh, you said. Bruno and White Veghorst for Ronaldo and Foden. That's uh, that's pencils down. What you'd say? Yeah, I think so. And then Bruno would become Salah for triple captain in game week twenty six. So I don't know, man. Just 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 hashing out here on the pod. But I think those are just trying to identify when I'm going to use my second wild card is an important moment. And it's really game week this double game week for twenty five. Or holding it all the way to 31. Um, granted, I still have you know free hit chips left and everything else to navigate. Um, I'm going to free hit in game week 30, and then probably free hit in game week 33 or 34, whenever the other largest set of double game weeks get announced. Um, you know, this is all based on a lot of uh, planning and uh, Ben Crawlin spreadsheets, but that's probably how I'm going to attack my chips. So just trying to figure out if if I use it now, will I actually be able to marginally gain? on the rest of the community versus if I use it in 31 when there's only eight game weeks left in the season. So just uh, something I have to figure out in the next like 24 hours. (laughs) Uh, Very fair. And ladies and gentlemen, that means we're at the end of our podcast, but if you were slightly confused based on the nuggets and hash reference, uh, this in fact is not your normal Netflix programming of narcos. I know Brian was in Mexico. This is the FPL blues podcast. We talk all things FPL and the Premier League, and uh, we appreciate you giving us a listen. 
wishing you all green arrows as we enter the first of many double game weeks to come in the next couple weeks. And uh, Brian, good luck. Happy tinkering to you. And uh, hopefully we both earn a well-deserved green arrow going into match week 25. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll speak soon. Thank you.